This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody, it's the Blood Red Podcast, it's Sean Bradbury, it's Monday and the curtain has very much been raised ahead of the new campaign. Sadly, the Reds were once again defeated by Man City on penalties in a domestic cup showdown, but there's plenty to discuss about a very lively encounter and many, many positives to take from the performance. And believe it or not, we've even had a transfer today, the third incoming of the summer, so we will get on to all that and I'll introduce the guys soon, but before we begin, a very quick message... Our sister title, Wales Online, is relaunching their Welsh rugby podcast just in time for the Rugby World Cup, which takes place in Japan next month. So if rugby is your thing, please do get involved. They'll be discussing all aspects of the World Cup and touching on every team taking part. You can search for their pod on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Right, Ian Doyle, uh, you into rugby? Rugby league, proper sport, none of this rugby union nonsense. Yeah? Yeah. St. Helens born and bred. You didn't expect me to say anything else, did you? Well, that's you haven't got a clue what you're talking about. But um, okay, that's one. Uh, Gorsty, Paul Gorsty's here. You went to rugby? Not as much as Doyle, you know. Um, if I had to choose, it would be league. But um, that's, I'm that's not exactly scary. a fully paid-up member of the of the league club, if I'm honest. That's two 0 for league, Theo Squires. I'm Southern, so I'm Union. I'm mm. bred in Twickenham, actually. Uh, you can see the stadium pretty much from our house. Moved away when I was like four, so no memories of the anything. Johnny Wilkinson dropkick from Twickenham. <laughs> yeah. mm. I did do, actually do a bit of work for Preston Grasshoppers briefly in my uni days. There you have it. There you have it. Our, our rugby histories have been uh, explored. We'll move on from rugby <laughs> and we'll move on to football, which uh, obviously we're all here for. Gosley, we'll start with you on this. Uh, in the last hour or so, a bit of confirmation of a done deal for the Reds? Yes. Uh, Adrian, Simon Mignolet leaves and Adrian comes in and it's... Uh, one in, one out, isn't it? Um, I think it's a fairly sensible signing. Experienced goalkeeper. He's been at West Ham for six years. Uh, hasn't always been first choice, uh, but I think he's still made around about 150 appearances in the Premier League. So uh, plenty of experience. Um, coming coming out of free transfer, Liverpool haven't had to dip into a transfer budget that's been virtually non-existent this summer. Um, and as I say, I think it's a sensible move. Um, disapp- disappointed a little bit to see Sam Mignolet go. Um, Uber-professional. Uh, held himself in in high regard from everyone at the pool. Um, I know his, his dedication to his craft and his professionalism has really um, impressed people behind the scenes at the pool over the last eighteen months or so since he lost his place to Loris Carius uh, initially. Um, so a bit sad to see him go, but um, I think Adrian is a reasonable enough replacement for him. Dolly, you had the story last night that Mignolet was off. He's gone gone back to Belgium. And that the Reds were looking to bring in uh, a replacement immediately, which they've done, wrapped that up pretty quickly. But what do you make of this? Was is it a bit of a surprise that Mignolet has left? There was there did seem to be a suggestion earlier in the summer that they were going to try and hang on to him. I think that, you know it's a little bit like the Lucas situation with Liverpool the other year. They didn't really want to let him go, but because the player had been there that long and he'd been such a good servant that the offer came in that was considered you know reasonable for, mm. to, to allow him to go. And Liverpool just just said you know sent him on with his. Uh, Best wishes, and I think that's exactly what they've done with Mignolet here. Uh, he left on very good terms with the club. I mean, ideally, they'd have kept him because Jurgen yeah, Klopp's spoken, you know, many times over the past season about Mignolet's professionalism being number two to to Alison Becker. But look from his point of view, he's what thirty-one years of age. He wants you know first-choice football. He wants to safeguard his place in the Belgian national uh, squad at least. Um, Bruges clearly. Quite, cle- quite keen on him, sorry. And, of course, they've offered money that, you know, what is it, in the end, nine million euros? It's, yeah. it's, it's not far off the money that Liverpool paid Sunderland, was it, six years ago, for Mignolet in the first place. So he's a good goalkeeper. The thing is, with Liverpool, is he's probably, you could argue that he was the best, you know, second-choice mm. goalkeeper in the Premier League. I mean, maybe Manchester City, Cla- Claudia, Claudio, even Bravo, um, he's decent. There's one or two that are good, but Mignolet, he's played for a team that nearly won the 
won the title not five years ago. So he got good experience. Going on to, to Adrian, I think he's a good signing. He's somebody who last year wasn't playing that much, but it's one thing not to be playing too much for West Ham. It's another thing to be in that position with Liverpool. He'll keep Alison Becker honest. Mm. And uh, he's definitely somebody who... He'll be a, he'll be able to just be, you know be thrown straight in. Say for example, Allison gets injured in the second game. Not that I'm wishing this on him, by the way. Uh, he gets injured in the second game. I don't think anybody would be massively perturbed if uh, Adrian goes between the sticks for the next game. Theo, what do you make of this? Have, have they missed the trick not keeping your mate Andy Lonigan? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm surprised he's not staying as third choice keeper especially when it's that extra home ground slot um, but I'm guessing they think they don't want to block that pathway for a youngster yeah. uh, but with Mingele I'm surprised to see him going back to Belgium because like we're saying he's only 31 you wouldn't have been surprised to see him stay in the Premier League like Crystal Palace they were linked with him it could become a massive senior player for them though couldn't he and he, I think Bruges yeah. have possibly got it are they in the champ- they got a Europa League qualifier haven't they That's, they're playing tonight aren't they Champions, League Champions League qualifier Champions League qualifier yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go so Champions yeah. League qualifier so he thinks they've, they've got a chance of getting through that so and it's tomorrow isn't it the game yeah so Even then, you think he could have got a Champions League club elsewhere on the continent it's um, quite a big step to go down to Belgium when you've got so much life left in him he has been a good servant for Liverpool but we saw in pre-season there are still mistakes there which makes you appreciate Alisson's quality that bit more um, he's, he didn't make any mistakes in pre-season did he? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that aside <laughs> um, and then with Adrian he's always struck me as a, a bit of a character like I, th- I think we've seen the clip today of him scoring in Mark Noble's testimonial oh, yeah. um, I think I remember him um, having a go at the West Ham owners on Twitter a couple of times when they've said how great they are to it was to get Joe Hart in you think well um, at the time they had two pretty good keepers and Adrian stuck up for himself um, but then that's what Liverpool need they need a keeper who's a bit of a character who can uh, motivate the players behind the scenes knowing he's not going to be first uh, choice goalkeeper mm. Well we uh, wish Mignolet well of course been a, been a great servant to the Reds as the, the guys have said and uh, did a good job last season even if it was just in training for most part of it but he was a big part of the squad Right then so we'll move on to the game yesterday Doily um, go to you first on this you were down in Wembley mm. What a, what a match! What a what a way to uh, to to start the season. I mean, normally you know you don't get you don't get a game like that in the Community Shield, and it could easily have been another four three. It was uh, it was a good one. Well, the, I mean, did anybody expect anything different between Liverpool and Man City? Certainly, when you saw the teams, I mean, I was surprised by how strong Liverpool's team was. To be honest, and the interesting thing about that is, which we'll touch on in a bit, is you looked at the bench, and immediately we were saying, "Where's Rian Brewster? Where's Harry Wilson?" Sadio Mane's not there, obviously, and James Milner was was absent through a, a precaution because he had a, a bit of a muscle strain. So there's four players who you would who've been featured heavily either in in the summer or last season in, in Mane's case. And Man City, they were strong as well, uh, although there was no Aguero, but he's only just come back from the the Copper America in the same way that Firmino uh, and, and Allison did. So yeah, the game itself. From the first couple of minutes, it was like, oh, here we go. You know, this is no friendly. They're just both going for it. Liverpool, I thought, defensively in the first 20, 25 minutes were just the same as they've been all summer. Just not quite there, not quite reacting quick enough, a little bit disorganised. The midfield didn't help as much. You know, you saw Fabinho didn't do particularly well, didn't get to the high standards that he'd, he'd had towards the end of last season, so second half of last season. But he played himself back into the game and Liverpool played themselves back into the game. And after Sterling's goal, City had one or two chances. But as, as you mentioned, it could have been... If Liverpool had won 3 or 4-1, on the strength of the second half performance, which was, I think was excellent, oh, yeah. they, no one could have complained. City couldn't have said, oh, well, you know, a bit unlucky. I mean, there was the Sterling chance where he was clean through and seemed to forget that there are actually other players on the pitch. He does that from time to time. So, you know, Alisson just picked the ball. But that, even that was controversial because I think it was Origi was down, wasn't he? And Liverpool were kind of 
not so much waiting for the ball to go out of play, but there was that kind of confusion over over what was happening. It just allowed City to go through. But you know, Salah could have had about five goals himself. Mm. You know, I wouldn't be too worried about the way he played. I had somebody on Twitter during the game declared that he, I won't use the word that they use, but declared you know they didn't. He did not play particularly well. <laughs> he, he summed it up in one word. But it was like, what what planet is this person on? I thought Salah was very very good, and he looked like somebody who. Had had just the three weeks off because he was sharp. The same way Firmino was as well. Gorsley, mm. what was your take on it? I mean, we've seen so many encounters, particularly last season between Liverpool and City, that have been riddled with tension. And, you know, they're enjoyable to watch, obviously, because of the high technical quality, but they're not an open game like that yesterday. But also, a hallmark of Liverpool and City games recently been decided by the finest and margins. And once again, that was the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, once again, um, the Liverpool get so close to scoring against Manchester City before it's taken off the goal line um, incredible piece of defending from Kyle Walker uh, looked for the world didn't it, that Liverpool were going to take the lead and then he's just hooked it clear with an acrobatic overhead which mm. you, you don't often see on uh, on, on the goal line um, I thought first half City probably shaded it um, they were certainly a, a more menacing going forward Liverpool had a couple of decent chances with Salah didn't they but, and I thought Firmino looked sharp actually but second half Liverpool absolutely battered them and mm. um, deserved it they didn't deserve to be to draw it and then man go into to the penalties and lose that way and uh, I wasn't I wasn't that disappointed that Liverpool didn't win it because I thought it was all about the performance more than the results even though there was a, a shiny shield uh, up for grabs but I'm just sick of seeing Manchester City win everything <laughs> to be honest um, I think Liverpool deserved to win that and uh, it's a shame they didn't but um, bodes well for the season because um, reports of Liverpool's demise have been greatly exaggerated judging from that second half performance uh, they might not be getting in a, a raft of big names and big money signings, but do they really need to? And the the match City strive for strive like they did, particularly in the second half. Um, no, no, uh, no lingering concerns for me after that uh, second half display. In, in the old days, they'd assured that when I was yeah. growing up, it mm. would have been because people didn't Tied regard it, it yeah, as, yeah. as a massive, you know. And I think if that had happened, I'd think people would have gone sound. You know? Yeah, it, it, it was a second great, great way to start the season. It would, would have been the traditional curtain raiser. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Theo, what, what was your take in, by the final whistle? I mean, you know, at the end of the 90 before the pens kicked in, I think that's a fair point by, by Dory there, that, you know, both sides had given it their all. If that had been shared, no one could have complained. But did it did it feel like Liverpool lost that game or is there a lot of heart they can take from it? I find it very encouraging because it doesn't feel like a defeat. It feels like they did draw a game that they, you wouldn't have had any complaints on if they'd won it comfortably. Um, it was a very good performance from the players. And what was most telling is the strength of depth, as Doyley mentioned earlier. Um, and when Liverpool were up in the ante in the second half, the substitutes coming on, like Lallana, Shakiri, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Akata, they all contributed, they all made a difference. And when we've spent this summer worrying about Liverpool's strength and depth, whether they needed another attacking player, the fact that they can throw those four players on and they can make an impact against one of the best teams in the country mm. is an encouraging sign for the rest of the season. And I was also looking at the players that weren't playing. So Mane, well, he goes straight into that starting eleven. But you look at the Man City ones, Fernandinho, he's... A bit older now, isn't he? So Rodri's been signed as the replacement there. You can argue that Bravo is probably the best player on the pitch. So yeah. um, if you had Edison starting, it doesn't really make any impact on that result. Um, and then Aguero, well, Jesus might be the first choice striker now. Maybe that is a change in the times there. So you say, well, if Mane starts, Liverpool probably win that game. And that's another promising sign for the season ahead. Mm. Doily, going back to you, um, Connor Dunn was also at the game for us last night. I thought he made an interesting point in his analysis afterwards. Um, just about how, how Klopp changed it at half-time, made certain tweaks and Liverpool came on strong. And he was saying that could bode well, particularly for games against City. If Klopp does 
you know, can take that into the, the, the league fixtures and this thing of working out a, a little bit of a weakness in City as the game goes on and changing it while while it's in play and, and coming on strong. Do you think there was much in that game that will reflect the league games that are to come or, you know, given the stage of the season and it was, you know, people often say it's kind of a glorified friendly. Do you think that it was a bit of a one-off? No, I think I think go back to you, what you first said about Klopp changing things. He did that at the Etihad. Okay, Liverpool lost 2-1 in January, but if you remember, Fabinho had started on the bench and Liverpool were getting out. Okay, I know there was the Mane chance in the first half mm. and possibly company should have been sent off, but in the overall scheme of the game, Man City were, were boxing it for the best part of an hour. So when Fabinho comes on, it was a change of system, a change of approach, and Liverpool you know, got the equaliser, you know, should have really drawn that game. Uh, Klopp did spot something. I think Connor and myself both mentioned defensively in the first half, there was a a ball basically that Man City were looking to play time and time again, which was the diagonal over the yeah. top of the full-backs. Less so to Robertson, but more so to Trent Alexander-Arnold, who didn't have the best of games, if we're being honest, and he struggled a little bit uh, in the summer. But they got to grips with that. And also with that, it's, yeah, that is something that's going to, Liverpool are going to have to deal with. Tottenham tried to do it at Wembley last year in the in the league game and couldn't quite manage it. I think Liverpool just shut it down there and just just kept the full-backs back. But in this game, they just kept them kept them bombing on. But there's not many teams of City's quality who can actually execute those kind of passes consistently. But as you say, Klopp was able to sort that at half-time. That's part of the reason why Liverpool came on so strong in the second half. Will it have any bearing on the season in terms of the actual meetings between the sides? I think Klopp said it himself before the uh, the game himself. He said the best pre- preparation you can have for a Man City game is to have a friendly against Manchester City because mm. it's to- a total one-off. So they'll learn, take something from all of these games because they'll see firsthand what everybody else has seen over the past you know, 18 months, two years that in the Premier League, practically nobody can stop Manchester City. Liverpool, one of the very few teams who, who've done that on a, on a couple of occasions. So, I mean, Pep Guardiola said it after the game himself. He said that for Manchester City, they... I've now seen what it is that they're going to have to beat this season. He obviously regards Liverpool as the main challenger. He calls them the European champions because that's what they are. Uh, that's six to Liverpool and none to Manchester City, by the way. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think I think both teams will take something out of it. Liverpool, I think they will take bits and bobs. But I think overall, just generally speaking, it's as, as the guys have said already, it's the confidence that they are ready for the new season now because that was much more like it that second half. Mm. Of course, particularly focusing on that second period, who do you think will be the happier manager coming off the back of that? Obviously, City have, have been able to lift the, the shield, so you know there's there's a clear answer in that respect, but lots for Klopp to be pleased with. Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. And I think Theo makes a great point. Um, the amount of subs who come on um, all affected the game, and that bodes well for the rest of the season because you're not going to be asked to try and influence a game against the team of City's quality every week, are you? Um, I, was, I was impressed with Naby Keita when he came on. Um, mm. I thought he... Uh, I think he just he just offers something that the rest of the Pilsman feel perhaps don't in terms of breaking the lines with with some of his passes and, and the fact that he he's prepared to carry it uh, fifteen twenty yards which uh, perhaps only Oxley Chamberlain is the only other midfielder uh, prepared to do that. Um, I thought Lallana did well when he came on. Um, few suggestions that he might be playing in a deeper role this season, but um, he was a little bit further forward and just just brings what he normally does. You know that great balance and um, comfortable in possession and. Created one or two opportunities, um, so you know it's disappointing to lose. And I, I know it's only pre-season and it's penalties, but there was was a little bit of silverware up for grabs and it, perhaps a little bit of bragging rights. But overall, I, I would have thought Klopp would be would have been uh, really happy, particularly with with the second half performance. Um, thought Joel Matter was good when he came on. Joe Gomez was good at right back when when Trent Alexander-Arnold had a little bit of an off day. Um, so so many positive signs. Um, 
and no more so than Salary. I thought it was very sharp and on another day would have had a, a couple of goals. I mean, Matic was interesting, wasn't it? Because I was surprised that he didn't start the game, to be honest. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was almost like Klopp. I'm not saying that he's saying this is what the team's going to be against Norwich, but it was a massive hint, wasn't it, that mm. Gomez starts and at centre-back, he wasn't the only one, but in that first half, he did struggle a little bit. Got a lot better towards half-time, and as you say, he was right back. He, he, he did even better. And is there like I'm wondering whether or not there's a suggestion that perhaps play Gomez at right-back against Norwich and, mm. and rest Trent? Maybe. Um, I think Trent offers a lot more mobility going forward than Gomez does. Um, but defensively, you'd probably say Gomez would shade it because he's a, he's a natural centre-back, a little bit more uh, defensively inclined, yeah. Mm. Um, I think... I w- Afterwards, I was watching the highlights last night on the Beeb and um, they had Kyle Walker speaking, obviously, as, as Gorsi has already mentioned, heavily involved in the game with that incredible clearance. But I think he said that he felt it was even in the first half and then Liverpool edged it in the second. So, you know, very, very gracious and giving the Reds a lot of credit. And you, there's not many times over the last couple of seasons you can say a team has, has done that to City. So pretty, pretty impressed with last night overall. Yeah, definitely. Um, Liverpool and City have shown that they're two best teams in the country. It's quite telling that the one point between them in the league was the game at City, wasn't it, really? That is the game that you could say cost Liverpool the league. Um, the nil-nil draw at Anfield, if that's going to be the same this year, you think the league is going to be decided in one of these two games? Because last year we saw the teams that just were going to City and rolling over. They've just what well, they've won every single league game this year, apart from against Newcastle. That's crazy. Teams don't do that. So if uh, Manchester can keep that run going, it's going to have to be up to Liverpool to keep that standard as well. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Doyle, just touching on Klopp and Guardiola now, there was a little bit of a spat on the touchline uh, involving the pair of them yesterday, but then, you know, all friends afterwards. We, we talked on a lot of pods about Liverpool and City and what what kind of depth and extent there really is to this rivalry, but like, if, if you keep on getting games like this between the two teams, is this... Where do you think this stands now in terms of like rivalries Liverpool have had? Is it developing into a pretty full-blown one? It, well, it's a full-blown one in terms of the fans, I reckon. I think I think they don't. Uh, I don't think they get on so well as they used to do. There was never used to be any historically any 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 major gripes between them on the pitch. It was interesting because I thought City lost the rag quite a lot during the game. I think Liverpool less so. I know we've all seen the clip of Henderson going up to yeah. going up to Guardiola and, and having a word or two, and Klopp having to to, to pull him away, but. You know, Guardiola. He he got booked. One of the is it? That's right. The first person, yeah. to, first person to be. It's it's not the first person manager to be booked. He's the first one to be shown a yellow card because yeah. they have to show it now, don't they? Yeah. So he's the first one who got that because he wasn't happy with Gomez's tackle on David Silva, even though it was a perfectly good tackle. There was one or two other bits in that first half where City started, you know, losing the the rag a little bit. I think City obviously see Liverpool as the main challengers, as we've, as we've said from what Guardiola said after the game and. Said then about Kyle Walker. By the way, where's Kyle Walker's hair gone? Just did, gone. Did, yeah, it gone? Does anybody know where it's gone? It's a bit like a mini Guardiola, isn't he? Yeah, well, I, I said that. Yeah, yeah, he looked a little bit like him. Uh, but what was the question again? Sorry. Um, <laughs> just about the rivalry. Oh, the rivalry. Yeah, the rivalry. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be one of those, isn't it? I mean, it's a, it's a rivalry built, uh, built, sorry, on respect rather than anything else. I mean, you look at Liverpool against you know the traditional rivals of Everton and Manchester United. That is partially respect, but also partially historic. And with United possibly not liking them all that much. With Chelsea, that came from that's a little bit like the City one in the sense that the Chelsea one came around in the sense because Chelsea suddenly started becoming successful. Mm. Otherwise, why would you have much of a rivalry between the two clubs? Uh, and with City, you've got everything's you know you've got Liverpool without wishing to get it down to such a basic fact terms. Is Liverpool are doing it? 
by the book in terms of buying and selling players and I know Guardiola wasn't happy with some of the comments that Klopp made I think both we both mentioned something about um, basically what Klopp, uh, what Guardiola said in his comments was right Manchester City don't spend 200 million every single window <laughs> and he was more or less right about you know the, the net spend from last year but it completely you know was negated by the fact that I think his net spend has been like 380 million or 400 million and Klopp's is about 80. So mm. in that sense, they're not rivals there, but that's where the rivalry comes from respect. And and I think Liverpool, again, feel as though their history is stronger than, you know, this going back to the fans is stronger than Manchester City's. But in terms of on the pitch, I think they both realise they're the best two teams in the league and they kind of relish when they're going head to head. All the way through that uh, Championship challenge the the run in last season. There was none of the mind games, was there? It was, they were both just saying, "Oh yeah, yeah they're they're mm. a really good. They're a really good team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see what they do. We're a really good team. We'll see what we do. This, that, and the other." So that's what made it kind of refreshing. The fact it was literally just down to let's just let these teams crack on. And you do wonder now that when United were, you know, the, the main team and and they were competing with Arsenal or whoever it was on Chelsea with Mourinho, that if they'd have all just shut up and just let them play football, would they have just? carried on just winning games and you'd have seen a lot more on the pitch rather than them just, you know, having a go at each other off it. Could we argue though those Klopp comments from the finances is a bit of a mind game, getting an early one in before the start of the season. I think he was asked a question once and he didn't he wasn't even asked he was asked to, to justify his own spending. Just basically because I know when I was out in America I asked him a similar question and he did say, look, we can't do what some of the a very select few other clubs do. And that's just stating a fact. Yeah. Liverpool yeah. don't have the resources of Man City and PSG, who are bankrolled essentially by countries almost. And then you've got the historic ones like Barcelona and Real Madrid, who the setup in Spain is so weighted towards them in terms of the finances and the fact that the respective regions of Spain are massively behind those particular clubs and they don't want to you know, hamper them in the way that, I'm not saying Liverpool get hampered by the region here, but... You know, there's, there's Liverpool and Everton there's Man United and Man City no one doing favours for each other in, in those particular those particular cities they have to be fair but I think in Barcelona and Real Madrid they literally Barcelona is more than a club it's like a, it's a way of life it's it's a symbol of a, of an entire region so don't think Liverpool so much that but that's why they can't they can't uh, they don't have quite the same money I mean they've still got loads of money mm. in terms of being able to spend under, you know what was it 75 million on Van Dijk and yeah. 65 million on Allison, and I know that they sold Coutinho for 142 million so there is money there that they spend and they get more money by being more successful and they're getting more successful by buying these players and using them in the right way so mm. no one should be surprised when Liverpool spend big money on, on certain players not this season though mm. next year perhaps Ghosty if, if you're United Chelsea Spurs or whoever even, even the other big clubs of Europe looking on at that um Liverpool and, and City maybe 70-80% tuned up for the for the new season but they just you know both sides looked electric Look, it looks once mm. again like it's going to be those two going at it for the title and, and maybe in Europe as well It does yeah and I, I wrote a piece on Saturday saying that maybe Liverpool might find some support beyond their own fans for this one because City was just so comfortably ahead of, of everyone except Liverpool weren't they? maybe if, um, if Liverpool can you know find a little weakness here and there and, and show City in a, in a vulnerable state then maybe just offer, offers a bit of slight hope to the uh, to the rest of the top six who were hoping to, to try and you know improve on last season um, Liverpool and City are just comfortably the, the best two teams around aren't they and um, it's looking like it's going to be a, a two horse race again um, where that leaves the rest of them you know that, that's basically going to be part of the shake up so it's 
I mean, it, it's it's so fun because City swept all before them, didn't they? You know, mm. they won, won the Premier League by points, but in the FA Cup final, it was an absolute farce. They were, <laughs> Chelsea were unlucky actually with with the whole penalty shootout um, Kepa thing in in the Carabao Cup final, but mm. um, you can put all that aside and say that City won won every domestic trophy available to them last season, so they're going to take some stopping, and it's looking at the moment like Liverpool are going to be the only ones who can do that. Mm. What did you make there of you know that? That second half, the, the bold approach that Liverpool took, and obviously they didn't win the game, but it did. It felt like a, a fight back, a recovery. We were in the office last night trying to find the, the right words to put on some of our stories because it was, whilst they didn't win the cup, it was it was it was heartening. Do you think other teams, given that this is you know right at the, ahead of the Premier League campaign kicking off, other teams can look at that and go, you know what, we can have a little go with City and that kind of aura that surrounded them for the last couple of seasons might fade a little bit. I think when you look at the other teams like transfer business, that that's what they want to do. They can't just roll over to these sides. Like you've seen um, West Ham players. I think Declan Rice has come out and saying West Ham wants to qualify for Europe this season. We've all seen Everton having a really good transfer window. They'll be aiming for Europe. And then you're looking at the teams like United, Chelsea. They could be in for a difficult summer. So if you've got these lower clubs that want to break into Europe, they're going to have to go to the top teams and be able to take points off them. They're going to have to put up a fight. And it could be a change in the times in the Premier League. And with City as well, um, whilst Jurgen Klopp's very happy with his squad and he says they deserve another year together, um, it's not the case with Man City. They've got a few ageing players there mm. and it is a bit of who's going to be up front, who's going to be the holding midfielder. So there's a bit of a transitional period there. And it could be the time where teams are able to take advantage of them. Mm. Really, we touched on the impact of the subs already a little bit, but did that that second half and you know all the all the changes that were made and the people, the guys who came on and all played well, I think pretty much uh, to a man. Does that speak to some of the concerns around the transfer window so far? I mean, I think you know most Liverpool fans are very happy with the first team uh, that can match anyone as we've seen. It could you know on a, on a, on their day Liverpool can beat City, they can beat anyone in Europe. But squad depth was was the issue. But everyone's made a good case for themselves there to get more game time. True, but you also bear in mind that nobody was injured apart from Milner, and we mentioned Mane before he wasn't there. But they're going to get injuries during the course of the season, and mm. it is still say one of Firmino. Uh, well, in fact, we had a little glimpse of that, didn't we? Because obviously Origi played on the left; it's not his chosen position. I thought he did okay, but he's no Mane. Let's put it that yeah. way. I think if Mane plays in that game, possibly Liverpool, Liverpool win. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably not as weak as people as as the Doomongers are saying, but. I think a lot of fans are probably correct in saying perhaps there's at least one more they could bring in between now and the transfer window on Thursday. Which position for you would that be in? Personally, I'd want to see another forward. Mm. Somebody versatile forward across the front three who could give one of the other three a break because that's going to have to come in the next uh, couple of weeks because they can't just play forever, especially with such a hectic schedule that Liverpool have got this season before Christmas. Uh, but other than that, you, you could argue... You'd probably argue that it's it is a deputy for Mane, somebody who can play on the left because you've got the Harry Wilson situation as well, haven't you? Because he wasn't on the bench as we mentioned. What's going to happen to him? If you're him, what are you thinking now? Do I actually want to st- stick around because the the charity, sorry, Community Shield mm. is not um, is not considered. It's it, okay. It's not a. I wouldn't say it's a proper game. You know what I mean? It's not a Premier League game. It's not one of the big trophies. It was a chance, perhaps, for one or two of the fringier players to actually get a chance he didn't even get on the bench because Liverpool went I think Jurgen Klopp just thought I haven't had all the players together for much of this summer mm. I'm going to use this as an extra game and you saw that in the second half that the thing everything came together so if you're Wilson you're thinking well hang on do I, do I want to stick around or not he's got a decision to make but only if somebody comes in with a bid of about 20-25 million 
Based on what we've seen then yesterday, Gorsty, and I guess across pre-season, if there was to be one position that was strengthened for Liverpool now, where would it be for you? Toss up between uh, another left back and uh, another versatile front man, as, as though they suggest. Um, I've no idea who Liverpool could get in terms of someone who's of sufficient quality, but going to, and this this probably applies to both positions. Someone of sufficient quality to come in and um, perform to the standard that Liverpool are at at the moment, and someone who's going to be happy twiddling his thumbs on the bench for most of the season because let's face it, Andy Robertson and Sadio Mane have struck up such a understanding down that left-hand side um, if one or both are out then Liverpool have a bit of a problem um, so it's a difficult one um, players these days as as we all know don't come cheap so anyone who's probably capable of playing for the club with ambitions as lofty as Liverpool have right now is going to be 40 million minimum um, mm. at a time when they're not really spending the money so it's um, the only way I could see that possibly happening as, if, as Doyle mentions to do sell Harry Wilson for the twenty five million that, that they'd like for him and then just immediately reinvest that. But then you're looking at whether the pool are going to spring into action for someone who they've been scouting as thoroughly as they have for, for all the other players over the last eighteen months that they've called spot on. Because if you run around like supermarket sweeping the final hours of the window and you <laughs> you don't get the right man, sometimes it can prove to be um a, a, a you know a counterproductive move. Mm. Theo, Liverpool going toe-to-toe with City yesterday, giving a good account of themselves. Has that changed your perceptions of what may or may not have been needed at the end of the window? No, I agree with these two here. I think there's still uh, the need for another forward in that team. Just have that bit more quality there. But that's because we've been saying um, Oxley chamberlains a central midfielder. I suppose he, he could be that option for Mane cutting in off the left. But at the same time, he's just playing catch-up, isn't he? So it's a big ask for him to go in and be an effective forward straight away. And you always, I think if you get a quality forward who can come in, you can get a lift in training from the players. You get that extra 5% more. There's that extra competition there. Uh, Mane's going to have to up his game to make sure he keeps his place ahead of him. Um, with the left-back situation, I, I think there's enough there. I, we were looking at the bench yesterday thinking, well, if there's a defensive injury there, it's yeah. a bit of a reshuffle. But James Milner can play on both flanks. Joe Gomez can play on both flank, flanks. Um, it's the sort of position where you can get by. But the forwards, like Liverpool have got into the position where they are because they've made the defence so strong. The defence is now fine. To get that extra few points that will be a difference in a title race, you need the attacking player who can make that impact off the bench. OK, well, we've outlined what we would ideally want but Doily, we'll, we'll go around again and say, what do you expect to happen between now and uh, deadline day on Thursday? Um, I think maybe there is one more up the sleeve. No, I oh. think. Interesting. I think. But again, I think it is as Ghosty said. I think it's dependent on Harry Wilson. Yeah, that's what I think. I he's, think he's if, if he goes, they have to replace him. But I, I have, I just have a funny feeling about. This is just a feeling, feeling. I mean, bones. Uh, Bracketing Doyle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, a left, a versatile left-sided player. Not somebody who's just like a, a left-back or left-winger. Somebody can kind of do them both. Not a left-wing-back like Alberto Moreno because he was kind of caught between the two, wasn't he? He, he never knew, in terms of a footballer, what he actually was. Um, but yeah, I think if there's somebody up the sleeve, I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody like that. Interesting. Gorsley, do you have a feeling? Are the brackets coming out? <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I don't have the same feeling as Dougie. I don't think... Um, I don't think there'll be any significant business between now and Thursday evening, um, as Dodie says about Harry Wilson. But then that 
if they do sell him and if they don't bring anyone in, I think that'd be really foolish. Um, if they do sell him, then it's a case of who's who they're going to replace him with. Uh, I just can't see anything significant happening. I think yeah. Ryan Kemp might go as well. By the way, oh yeah, yeah. I was about to mention yeah, again. Yeah. Ryan Kemp might go, which which I think Liverpool wanted something like twelve for him yeah, initially. Yeah. I think I think maybe that's they've realised. Hang on, nobody wants to pay twelve million for him, which is a bit unfair. Being honest, um, did really well at Rangers last year, but Rangers can't afford it. If Rangers could have afforded it, signed him. Simple as that. Don't think Liverpool want to entertain another loan. So eight million for him. I saw something about Leeds, uh, perhaps going back in for him, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Mm. Theo, so, final word to you. What are you, what are you um, expecting? I'm not expecting much to happen at all. But whilst we're talking about Wilson and Kent, you don't need to replace them because they weren't in the squad last year. They're, they're just extra players in the summer who are fighting to get in. Um, you, you're probably going to see a few departures. Um, but I think with the quotes we saw from Jurgen Klopp at the weekend before the game that we did a piece on, um, he was quite bullish, wasn't he, about um, the criticism he'd been faced about Liverpool's quiet summer. Um, and he was talking about how they, he's always said they weren't going to spend money. So I think um, with how they've played in pre-season, like, you know, trying Genie on the wing, trying Oxlade-Chamberlain on the wing, there's that growing realisation there that those are going to have to be the options. And he said before that their answer is going to have to come from internally, from within the squad. You've also got someone like uh, Yasla Rucci who can play all the way up the wing. Mm. So there are options there. And I think Klopp's beginning to lean towards that stance going into the season. Mm. Uh, last point then. Doily, Wednesday night before mm. before deadline day itself, we've got the EFL trophy. You'll you'll be there for the echo. What are you expecting? I haven't got a clue, to be honest. The Oldham, isn't it? I've been yes, to Oldham a few times. Way. I saw Liverpool draw two all sorry, I saw Liverpool lose three two to Oldham. Um and I also saw Everton draw two all. That was in the same FA Cup run for Oldham, who then did they then beat them in the replay of our dreamt that? Did Oldham beat Everton? Oldham. They don't think they did, did they? I don't think they did. I'm getting two thousand twelve. Yeah, I think it, haven't they beaten both? Couldn't how could they have done? Could, hang on, because they? they beat us, didn't they? When, um, Matt Smith was up front. Yeah, that was the three-two game. Yeah, uh, wasn't that? I'm sure there was talk they'd beaten Everton as well. And they played them in the next round, didn't they? I think. Oh, I'm so confused now. Getting old now. That's what it is. <laughs> what was the question again? Sorry, Oldham. Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Oldham. Yeah, I, remember, I just remember it, it. No, I was always told it's freezing there. I just remember it not being anywhere near as cold as as I thought it would be. <laughs> You asked me what I was expecting, yeah. I'm yeah, expecting no, it's a bit, it's, expecting it's, it's, it's possibly going to be a little bit cold. <laughs> um, it's the under-23s, isn't it? I mean, this is the first hit out for them this season. I think it's certainly a competitive one, as far as I'm aware. It should be interesting to see how Liverpool approach it because they didn't go enter it, didn't they, for the first couple of seasons. And they never, there wasn't really ever any kind of suggestion they wanted to do it. And I think they just looked at everybody else, like Chelsea and Everton, and they've put teams in and they've kind of done okay. You know, some of them... I don't think any of them have ever got to the final, have they? None of the under-23 teams. No, no. I think one's got to, got to a semi. semi. Did Chelsea get to the semi-final last year, yeah, I think? Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea, yeah. So, in that sense, it's a bit of a no-brainer because obviously it's been accepted by the clubs, the football league clubs themselves, who I, I would have thought were initially against it because it's not like playing against proper teams as such. But it's a competitive football for under-23s and you'd imagine that Liverpool might feel a lot of youngsters and players who would normally not get a chance. Mm. Uh, you know, a chance to play. I mean, whether or not, I think he looks at the likes of Ovi Ajari, who's still at Liverpool and wasn't on the tour and hasn't been anywhere near any of the friendlies, if he doesn't leave, because I know Reading are interested in him, but Liverpool, again, they don't want to do another loan, they want to they want to sell uh, and get a good price for him. Um, that's a chance for him to play. Um, and also a bit of a shot window for some of the under-23s as well. I think what it does do is give um, 
you know, the young players have a chance to play against more senior professionals. They're not playing in the Premier League two against players who are in the exact same boat of just looking to catch the eye and maybe get a first team shot in the cup competitions. This is like going to be real competitive football with a, a trophy at the end of it. So um, I think it, it can only be a good thing for Liverpool's young stars, of which they seem to have uh, plenty at the moment, don't they? Mm. It'll it's like, be, the old, um, like the old Central League, if mm, anyone remembers yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It will be interesting to see how they approach it because there's always that confusion. Is it a 21s team? Is it a 23s team? Yeah. But that's because it's neither. It's what one, is it, by the way? You have to play a certain amount of under-21s players, but you're allowed to play a few senior players as well or players who have made um, like more than 50 first-team appearances. So I remember um, Stoke City, they've played like Peter Crouch in this competition. <laughs> they've played Bo- Bojan in this competition. You, you do get senior players in this. And whilst I'm not saying that Liverpool will blood any of the, the senior stars in it, Maybe Brewster might get a run out. Maybe if Harry Wilson's staying, he might get a run out. You just don't know. But then if you're Harry Wilson, you don't want to be playing in Yeah, you yeah. don't. <laughs> but Liverpool have got so many talents at different ages, don't they? So they've got quite a few like 18, 19 year olds, but then they've got the 16 and 17 year olds. You imagine just Harvey Elliott get a run out in this one? LaRucci. LaRucci. Vandenberg. So Hoover or however. There could be quite a few names out. But then it might just be a reserve competition they don't care about. Well, we shall see, and we will have plenty of coverage. It will be live on that, and then we'll obviously have plenty from Doyley after the final whistle. Maybe a few clues about who will be staying, who will be going. And then, of course, Thursday, transfer deadline day, we'll be, we'll be live all day. We'll have all the latest, and we'll look to record our next Blood Red, probably a, a touch earlier, so maybe Thursday, in plenty of time for Norwich anyway, which is, which is the next big one. Um, so we shall be back later in the week. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.